I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Gentlemen, ladies, and everyone else, we are progressing through 316. This is episode 27. I think I got it right. Brother Ali is a listener of the podcast. And I thought today, uh, it would be like somebody being a Nas fan and never hearing of Rakim, kind of. But maybe there are those people. If you don't know about the Travelers podcast by Brother Ali, please tune in. This is the podcast I would listen to if I had time to listen to podcasts. Please do yourself a favor. I'm going to talk shit because that's what I do. It's not like Joe Rogan where... He interviews great people, but he's not really a great person. He's a, it's, it's, you, it's two great people having a great conversation. You leave enlightened uh, and with a smile on your face after every episode. And the only ones I've had the time or made the time to listen to are the ones of people I know so far. And I know them and it's interesting. I know these stories. I know a lot of things, but it's still interesting. It's fun. It's well done. Shout out to Brendan. BK1 is uh, the guy who produces his. Brother Ali is important to this album because he was telling me how important this album is to him. But I don't know if it was after this album or I think before this album where he told me about rhyme scheme. Like you can't rhyme three bars. You can't go, I was getting a hat looking at this cat and on the benches where I sat. Then I went to the store to get a little more. Because rapping is in 4-4. Four, four. See what I did there? So it has to be twos and fours. Sixes if you want, but twos, fours, and eights, twelves, and sixteens work because it's the format for rap 4-4. Four, four. So in multiples of four, the rhyme scheme is more palatable on your subconscious and everything. And I've tried to go with it, go in with this on a, um, some rappers that I mentor, and it's out of the window now with a lot of rap. But for classic boom-bap hip-hop, which is what I do to Ninth Wonder Beats, it was helpful. So I don't know if he told me this after or before, but I feel like it was before. Either way, it informed the way I made music with Ninth and I think helped our relationship. Also, building with Ali and Sean helped me. Sean taught me how to count bars. Ali taught me that tidbit. was well, not tidbit, it's a chunk, but it's a small thing that was alter, like mind-altering and career-altering, shaped my sound. Talking to other rappers who have, uh, it's kind of like when the married men talk to other married men. Like when you have one partner and you've been working with that partner for a while, creating, whether it's life or music, you have a different perspective. So when you talk to other people who are married to a producer, then it was helpful for me talking to them too as I built this relationship with Ninth. Oh, yeah. And I've been running the marathon this past. I tried to run from Doc Wild, no, El Segundo Beach to. Redondo Beach and uh, running there like eight eight point six miles. Man, I was rapping. Seen Michael B. Jordan on the pier. Gave him, threw him the deuces. Kept moving. You know, like I'm feeling good. Listening to Hyro and all other shit on my playlist. Man, coming back, I hit a wall at mile fourteen. 
last week I hit a mile while I'm but I was only supposed to run 14 miles. I was like, I can't do it anymore. And I looked and I was like, cool, 14.1 miles, 0.01 miles. It's like a mental thing. This one, I was like, man, I just, I, I listen to songs. So I was like, I count time by songs. When I was a kid, I saw the movie Hudson Hawk. It got slammed. This is the first time I knew I was left of center because it got slammed. And I love that movie, but I had a thing for Sandra Bernhardt as well. Buffy Ball Ball. Hello. Bunny Ball Ball. Just, she was one of my celebrity crushes. Let's put it lightly. Uh, so Sandra Bernhardt was, Bernhardt was in it. Bruce Willis was in it. It was about a, a criminal, a thief burglar who timed his robberies by songs and that stuck with me you still think you're the greatest cat burglar ever lived you are one hell of a thief hudson hawk is an evil evil man the biggie i'm just some guy that's good at swiping stuff eddie we're hanging off a castle in the middle of italy and you're asking me how you look okay okay you don't gotta get tired about it so I time my runs by song. I know like 12 songs is about, you know, an hour. I mean, about 45 minutes, 16 songs is an hour. So I'm like, cool, if I got to do this and blah, blah. So I, I, and I got to my point where I was like, okay, I know I'm around. I don't like to look at the mileage. So I'm like, I'm around 40 songs. So, you know, that's at least almost, you know, almost three hours. But I want to just get to 40 songs. But I also knew where my car was parked. I was like, I'm not even back. And I mapped it out. So that I w- it would be 16 miles total. I was off by two miles or a mile and a half or something. Anyway, I hit a wall and I was like, man, all right, I'm just going to do 40 songs today. Let me get through the 40. And the 40th song comes, I have it on random on my playlist. And the 40th song is, of course, Protect Your Neck. Yo, you know I had to call. You know why, right? Why? Because, yo, I never, ever called and asked you to play something, right? I'm like, shut the fuck up. And then I got to wait for eight motherfuckers to rap. Before I could stop, bro, I had never been so happy to get to the end of Protect Your Neck. Protect Your Neck is pivotal in a lot of things, but anybody that has a crew, Living Legends was definitely inspired by Wu-Tang. The strength in numbers. People don't, I don't think, realize what that Wu-Tang, and I could do a book on this, and I may do it. Shout out to Sean Cantrell. Sean, we might have to write this book. The impact of Wu-Tang. Seeing that many black men operate towards a goal without an obvious white man on the court or field to tell them what to do, but also seeing them achieve things that have never been done and stay basically unified and not be a sport for, for, for young black people who don't play sports was so empowering. And I didn't have the language for it to describe it back then. Or I'm just now attaining not like the way, you know, Wu-Tang... I don't know if I said this on the podcast. Wu-Tang is so important in my house. God, Tupac, Wu-Tang. Um, my son, my four years four, sat me down. I was like, you're a good rapper, Popeye, but Wu-Tang is better. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good. But Wu-Tang is the best. That's how important it is to me. And it, and going back, like, yeah, Living Legends wouldn't have ever clicked up like we did had we not seen that in, um, that example. When the Protect Your Neck single, because single dropped, I would go, you know, I had a limited amount of money, I had a limited amount of tapes and room in your backpack. I would leave the house with one tape. It was a 30-minute walk to the bus stop, a 30-minute walk home, and a 30-minute bus ride. So there's about... 
two hours of travel time in my school thing with one tape that had two songs on it method man on the b side and protect your neck on the a side i just let it run on auto reverse if the children you don't know what that means it was a thing that the 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 innovation of technology after i would say a decade of having the walkman they invented auto reverse that's how long evolution is like now your iphone updates with new shit all the time and you get a new iphone every year it's a i feel like it took a decade for them to come up with auto reverse on cassette it meant you didn't have to stop the tape, open it, and flip it over. It would just flip over on its own. I have so many hours listening to that song. All of my children, when they couldn't sleep, I sung Method Man to them as a lullaby. It's part of my body. And part of me hated when Protect Your Neck came up at the 40th song. And it, it turns out it was mile, mile 13. And then when it finished, I looked down on my fucking phone, pulled it out. Of my, I have a little belt where I have my, store all my snacks and my Walkman. I still use a corded headphones. I still use a corded mic. Black. The funny thing is I say, uh, I put the next movement by The Roots is on my running playlist. And he says something about using a corded mic, no wireless. And I still do that to this day. I plug in the mic, sure like a gunfight. I never use a cordless or stand before Sure beta 58A. I bring my own mic and it's that mic. And so I still have corded headphones. I don't do the wireless thing. I'm scared of whatever radiation they produce. I know it's probably not a real thing, but I'm hippie. Uh I look down at my phone, it says 1399. I'm crushed. I've never and my whole philosophy for this marathon is if I get tired, I'll just walk the rest of it. But you can barely walk after running 14 miles nonstop. So now all the people I was passing, I try to smile at everybody. My new, my, my, I, my, I've had time to think of this because I've been running. I smile at people a lot, but running, you run into more people. So I'm smiling at everyone. And when you're on the beach in California in the dead of winter and we're looking, at seagulls and sunshine and you're on the beach walking and you're not smiling. Oh, it's so infuriating to me. So my philosophy is let me bring a smile to your face or you're going to have to wipe the smile off of mine. I'm smile banging on everybody. When I hit mile 14, I am no longer smile banging. I'm hurt, embarrassed, defeated. The fancy plastic women in, in the Lululemon are going faster than me at this point. My legs, like, I don't dress well ever, and I definitely don't dress well when I'm running. So I look rugged, haggard, you know, probably half homeless. Probably 75% homeless people probably don't think I have a home. I'm using wired headphones. That's another sign of poverty in Southern California, I found out. Man, I'm haggard. Looking haggard, and I'm feeling... Now I look like I feel, and that's worse. When I feel good and I, I don't look so fashionable, eh, now I'm unshaven, sweaty, dreaded hair, ratty clothes, horrible looking running shoes, and my legs are on fire. And I can barely walk. I want to quit. I want to sit down. I'm like, shit, if this is the marathon, you have to finish in six hours or they start packing up. I'm like, man, I didn't want to be that guy. I just wanted to finish without running. I thought I could, without walking. Now I'm like, fuck, I may not even be able to walk the last nine miles of this shit or 10 miles of this shit at the 14th mile i might just give up 
And I got to eight, then I got to 10, and I got to 12, and I got to 14. 12 kicked my ass, and then my trainer was like, you should probably be eating something and drinking some water. I was like, oh, shit. This time I had my water mixed with a little salt and a little electrolyte uh, cacao water. I had the little energy, uh, whatever the fuck they're called, tastes like honey. I had those I, every 45 minutes, getting one of those in, every 12 songs, popping one of those on the 13th song. Let the 12th song finish. And then, so I'm not cheating and I'm not overeating. Bro, my ass was kicked. My ass was kicked. So for the first time, I stopped and said, this is dumb. I have four kids. When I tell people I have four kids, I I forget sometimes it's front-facing that I'm a black man and a rapper saying I have four kids. That means I have three babies, mom, two kids live over there. I get my kids every other week. No, motherfucker. I have a 10-month-old. I have a four and a five-year-old that are homeschooled and an 11-year-old that needs to be driven to his school. I do all the driving and I pay all the bills in my house for the most part. I teach Portuguese to my sons and to myself three to four times a week. We do some boxing. We do teaching the the four and five-year-old chess like I am active in their schooling at home. I'm reading books, I'm bathing, I'm flossing, I'm brushing two human beings' teeth and wiping their asses. I'm changing diapers. I'm doing fucking homework. They don't even call it, they don't say show your work. They say show the algorithm. What the fuck are they talking about? I do all of that and do things to keep the lights on. I don't even know how we're alive and the fridge is full, but it, God, by the grace of God, I'm so thankful. Whew. But on top of that, running a marathon, which I'm not getting paid for, which I'm raising money for kids like my, my kids in our community where I live, I run on a Crenshaw. Saturdays and Sundays. Holler if you see me just honk though, because I can't stop. If you see me running, I can't stop, bro. I'm trying to get this time. And that's another thing. If I stop, like I just talked about, I hit a wall. Even if I'm not at mile 14, if I stop at mile eight, my body is saying, sit your old ass the fuck down, Nicholas. That's it. I have to keep moving. I, I was running it by the beach uh, Monday, not looking. <laughs> and somebody almost hit me in a Honda and I'm like... I looked to apologize because it was my fault. I'm singing uh, Run by Killer Mike and something looking up at the sky. I'm, I'll be rapping while I'm running because it puts it like I would never quit on a show. So if I can rap while I run, I feel like I'm performing and I can't quit. Say I kept it solid when it's all said and done. All I know is keep going. Run, better run. Mama told me never fold. Run, better run. There have been times live shows, especially in Colorado, where you don't get the oxygen where I've wanted to quit. And I'm like, if we can go back to the story I told on the podcast. If if I die, I'm dying with the mic in my hand. Hopefully not anymore, but that's how, my philosophy. So I rap to keep myself going. We're at like mile 12, and this car almost hits me. I look, and it's uh, DJ Hydro's son, DJ Bomb. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I want, I love this kid. I love him. I love both kids, Joe, too. So I, lo- I love his kids and their family. These are my, like my, my Hydro's like my brother. Like, I got to say what's up and check in, you know, to make sure they're good. So I'm jogging by the window, running in place, dapping them up and talking to them. Um, so glad that I wasn't I hadn't hit my walk. They didn't catch me in my walk of shame. This shit is dumb. What the fuck was I thinking? I have enough to do. I'm also married. Like that's another thing people are like that takes work. Married people know. Fuck am I doing, bro? 
The first human in my house wakes up at 5 a.m., 5.30 if I'm lucky. What am I doing training for a marathon? It's because this man's death hit me so hard. I'm prolific, so gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building. Sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings. Last night it was a cold killer. You gotta keep the devil in this hole, nigga. But you know how it go, nigga. I'm front line every time it's on, nigga. Honey pro flow. Running shoot pro. 458 drop. Playing bulletproof soul. His life was encouraging. Every event, I didn't listen to all of his music all the time. I'm a fan of him as a human and what he was doing in the community. I saw and I knew because I'm in the community, um, the impact, where he comes from. We went to the same high school and he was bused from where he lived to, you know, like, I'm a fake crip, but he like, for real crip, going to a magnet school, like, I understand. I always understood, you know, when I met him and he had a, iced out Malcolm X piece. I was like, oh, this is this guy's kid is different, man. Since I heard he had Sloss and T's and his pops and his brother worked there, like I know that because my mother and my grandfather, my uncle, all uncles all worked, grandmother, my family works at a dry cleaners in South Central in the hood. Like I get that family owned business. So I bought my grandfather a Christmas present from his father at his store. I shot a video with Terrace Martin at his store because it was important. When they got the new digital display, I, I brought my kids down there. My brother brought my son down there to take pictures. And like, he was important to me. You know, my brother went to school with a dude who cut hair in the plaza. Like, it's part of, he it was part of my community. He was the first rapper that kept it very authentic and stayed tangible. You know, down to like when I, when he signed whatever, like he, we bought the same, my first big rapper purchase was a SL 500 Benz. And now I think that was his first as well. He used to have one as well. And so did John Singleton, all of us from the same area of Los Angeles, funny. And two of them gone and that weighs on me. So when I'm running, I'm thinking about this, like, and I want to run these streets so they can see that they can't run us all out. I'm going to stay healthy. I'm going to stay active. I'm going to stay involved. But right then, bro, my why, that's your why they trying to train. Say, what's your, my why was not strong enough. I was done. I was like, this is fucking dumb because this is so stupid. I have a meeting. I had a big meeting for a deal I'm trying to close. And uh, my phone died and I'm a mile away from a thing and the meeting starts in 10 minutes. And that became my why. And I was able to run, jog, stumble to the car and plug in my phone and get in the Zoom by 3.32. But I almost missed a, a meeting to feed my family to close this deal because I'm out here running. It's fucking marathon. And y'all motherfuckers ain't donating cuz What the fuck? I get nothing out of this other than, like I said, cathartic. I need to do this to heal. I thought I want to be healthy for my children. But man, this is getting challenging. I just want to be transparent about that. Dumb. This brings us to Trevor and them. Dumb. Dumb like Ninth Wonder. Dumb. He's dumb because let's just start at the beginning. I'm finally comfortable in this room after a couple of days. Shout out to uh, Pooh. He told a story about when he first met me. I'm starting to see myself the way other people see myself. I'll never see it. <laughs> I am, you know, I joke like fake crip and all that, but I am of gang culture. And, I, and when people relate to me, like I had a girl that was dating my best friend. She's like, I saw you walking down Telegraph 
why are you always looking like you're about, you're walking to fight someone? I was like, I don't know. I never noticed that about myself. And someone else said it. I'm like, I don't know. To me, I'm just walking, but it's like a battle walk because I've been assaulted and verbally and physically most of my career as a pedestrian in inner city Los Angeles. So the way Pooh describes it on the Phil of Flav podcast, Phil of Flav podcast, check them out. Those are such good guys. They did an interview with Tay and Pooh. And it's so funny that this came out around the same time I was bigging them up last week. The biggest thing was our introduction to Merce. Um, we was on tour. We was on the High Road tour. And we were in L.A., House of Blues. And we just see this guy pop up at the RV at the door with, his, with CDs in his hand like, Yo, I'm Merce. Living legends. I'm coming to North Carolina to work with nights. What's up? And I was like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, I don't know you. I don't care. My name is at night. But um, that was my introduction to MERS. And then when I seen him in North Carolina, the only guy I know who was in the party with us with pajama pants on, he was ahead yeah. of his time. He said, like, how he describes me walking up to the bus. To meet them is not how in my head. In my head, like, yo, what's up, guys? Like, hey, I'm Merce from Living Legends. Like, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm about to go to North Carolina and work with Ninth. <laughs> and I think that I'm like so small and frail that DJ Mark Love told me, like, Nick, you're weird, man. Like, I put people off because I don't come out of my face like I look, maybe. So motherfuckers don't just go and slap the shit out of me. Thank God. Off rip. And I'm I'm ready for that too. Not that I'm a win, but I'm a fight. And I think that's why I think I'm always prepared to fight because it's just at home. I had to wake up out of my sleep at home, legit ready to fight. You know what I mean? Like get your hands off my mama type shit. Like that's I'm constantly in a state of I'm learn. I've learned that over the years I'm not. But even when I'm running, I'm still still there. So yeah, I'm still there. But it was interesting that they, he said that. But I am. In this room, finally, what I think is comfortable with everybody. So I'm saying because I don't know if I'm comfortable. Maybe I'm still giving off the energy I gave Pooh and Tay when I first met them. But I feel like I'm comfortable and I got friends here now. And uh, so they started like, you know, we got y'all, y'all got 7-Eleven out here. And Ali was just saying like, this is like one of the first records where I felt like I could be me because I'm not recording on the West Coast, but I'm for the first time in my life since ever except for maybe when Joe Scudder walked in I'm recording in a room of all black men up until this point it's Eli recording my vocals for me Grouch sometimes Eclipse 427 shout out to him but it's just me and him I haven't like had a quorum of black men to just like hang out and rap with in a room and as I as we continue this journey this is how rap is made Excuse my French, but it was just a bunch of niggas in the room smoking and drinking, and occasionally, and then occasionally, they, then they invite quote unquote bitches over. That's how most rappers work. I've been working by myself with another white guy or just another one person. So I'm getting comfortable. So y'all got 7 Eleven right here? Beep. And then, then you hear Patrick come in with BP. That's, it sounds like he's participating, but he's like, shut up and rap, nigga. Fuck your little talk. That's what it is. BP. I didn't notice that till I, I I knew it then, but I'm like, all right, all right, I'll rap. Y'all got 7-Elevens out here? 
All right, 7-Eleven in my neighborhood. What y'all got? The Rob. What y'all got? Time. By the same three dudes. Amico. Same ass guns. Now there's one in my hood off Pico or some shit. Through the years, it's been the epicenter for a lot of dumb shit. Let me tell you about this one trip to the store. On the early morning tip, sunrise around four. I was standing by the magazines, reading the maxim. When I heard a familiar voice, go to the counter dude and ask him to empty out the register. Now that can't be Trevor. Excuse me, Tiny T-Bone from the neighborhood gang. Who, if his head wasn't screwed on, would lose his brain. He was with two other dudes. Uh-huh. Never knew their names. I thought, great. Huh. It was time for me to shake, but as I headed for the door, I heard a voice say, wait, when I turn around, he recognized me and I knew it. I was about to leave, that's when the nigga blew it. He lifted up the mask and said, hey, mercy, me, I said, you dumb motherfucker, do you use your brain ever? And I was one in my hood off Pico and some shit. Through the years, it's been an episode for a lot of dumb shit. Let me tell you about this one trip to the store. On an early morning tip, somewhere around, I said, somewhere around. Somewhere around four, I I got to take that over. Nah, it's good. I got to take that over. This was, I believe, our first fight. Patrick, I got to do this over. Fucking Murray. No, you don't. So at this point, this is where, I think this is where we start going with Murray. Because Murr's turns into Murray somehow. Because we start, he just started calling me fucking Murray. Fucking Murray just rap. And I say, fuck you, fucking Murray. And I was like, my name's not Murray. So we start calling each other Murray. But then when we would do it around the house, I think his family and friends started to assume that Merce was a derivative of my real name, which is Murray. So then his mom, his dad, everybody, everybody in North Carolina is calling me Murray. Murray, I don't even know a black man named, I don't know a white man. I don't know anyone named Murray. I'm sure there's a baseball player from the 70s and 80s that I had a car. Like there's Eddie Murray, but I don't, there's, I'm sure there's a Murray somebody. There's Bill Murray, but I don't know how people believe my name was Murray, but Murray. So Murray, 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 fucking Murray. So fucking Murray, it's good. Like, don't do it over again. I'm like, I said something. So what he reminds me is that on Guillotine Swords, on Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links, shout out to Sasha Jenkins. He informed me that it's, it was, the album was supposed to be called Only Built for Cuban Links Niggas. But they added the ellipses, which is the three dots. Because that couldn't go to market like that. So the name of the album is only built for Cuban links niggas. But on that album, the guillotine swords, there's a little bit like Ghost says, my rap brain, and it sounds like rap lane. Yo, you 14 karat gold slump computer wizard, tapping inside my rap pain causes blizzards. And Rayquan famously says, my clan, my clan done ran from the man to Japan with stamina, stamina, stamina. So he starts bringing up, literally brings up these examples. Like, no one cares. No one cares, Murray. Just leave it. I'm like, can you just let me go back and say somewhere around four? Never happened. I am on a, some people call this a hip-hop classic. On this hip-hop classic, I'm famous for saying, On the early morning tip, somewhere around 4. Somewhere around 4 a.m. Nikki Giovanni, she says we can exaggerate. I'm going to exaggerate because the queen said we could. But it's probably not an exaggeration. I'm As I've been running to, now that no one that I know, I think, lives on the street, Cloverdale and Pico is where we hung out. We had to go to Pico and High Point. 
we stay on the right side of the street, we don't have to go through another hood until we cross Fairfax. You cross Fairfax, you're in another hood, but um, one of the big homies is from over there. So in that hood, we're 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 kind of good. So we're, it's, it's not that dangerous a walk unless the enemies are out, the ops are out looking to slide or to ride on someone. It's a dangerous walk to the 7-Eleven. There is one on peak on San Vicente and Hauser, which is in our hood, which is safe and closer. <sighs> Me and my best friend, Terry Smith, we play video games. We watch MTV and whatever movies till the wee hours in the morning. We talk about hip hop. Sometimes we had rollerblades. Sometimes we didn't. We don't drive. We don't have cars. I don't even have a driver's license. I do have a driver's license at this point. Um, no, when I'm when I tell the story, we don't have a driver's license. I don't have a driver's license. At this point, I may even have a gun and no driver's license. Imagine that. Uh, we are hungry. Cinnamon buns. Before I knew I was allergic to dairy, the Dolly Madison, I believe, cinnamon buns, and I don't even see it at the store anymore. They're probably fill of aluminum, whatever the fuck. I fiend for those sodas, maybe some type of, I used to get the killer shakes. Oh my God, Come combination of that dairy just fucking me up. Sugar, I'm addicted to sugar. I need sugar, it's too late for alcohol. We're, that's the thing too, is like, I, getting drunk always made me hungry. So I would tr- drink a 40 ounce of Budweiser probably a day. Still kind of drunk, tired, but this is the thing, when you're tired, my wife is teaching me this, and you don't want to go to sleep, the old, at your body will, your mind will tell your body that you need sugar so you can stay awake. We're having fun. We love talking to each other, having, laughing, joking, playing video games. Let's walk to the store at 3 in the morning. What's open? 7-Eleven. Let's go get some snacks so we can keep this party going. For what reason? I don't know. We're in our early 20s with no children and no spouses. No, they were not even in the studio. We're, I don't know, man. Why? All the sleep that I neglected and didn't value. We walked to the one on Vicente and Hauser. It's closed because someone robbed it. Later on, there's a song called How to Rob with Rob. Now I've never been a crook. Grew up in the hood off the Ave Metal Brook. I had always been shook when it came to the gunplay. Try to stay up out the way until one day. The homie showed up on the porch Reached in his pants and his hands had a torch The heater, the burner, the chop let me stop A taped up chrome 38, not a Glock Put his finger on the trigger, put it to my head and pulled it I flinched, nothing happened cause he didn't have no bullets I punched him in the chest, I said you play too much It was the homie killer Robbie, didn't say too much He said he had to put me on to this lick we can hit Do it real quick and we can split with a grip Usually he would've never fucking brought this Contrary to what middle America may believe, not everyone in the black neighborhood is a criminal. If there's been a robbery in our neighborhood, also, too, it's like it's kind of dangerous. Which would be smart if you really hated your rival gang is to go rob shit in their neighborhood because the police would blame them, I would think. But it's usually someone within our community. And when it comes to robbing the 7-Eleven, like there's people who sell crack, there's people who sell guns, there's people who pimp. Like I know all... But the armed robbery section of this community is very small, so I'm pretty sure I know who it is. This guy's a liar. He's highly unintelligent. 
I've seen him now that we're in our 40s. I still don't, we still don't like each other. I do not like his dumb ass. He's a hoe. He's a bitch. He's a whole bunch of other shit. But he's from our neighborhood. I don't like him. This is before all of that built up, though. This is when I was still trying to just give him chances. But shit like this grated on my nerves. I'm like, all right, bro. Really? Now, me and T can't get snacks. We have to walk down Hauser to Pico, down to High Point. Because we're not going to just go home and go to sleep. We're going to get our snacks. That's the, where the inspiration. People always ask me, "What is, is this song true? So that's part of it. Right across the street from where we literally out the front door of my homeboy Terry's apartment is, uh, I forget the name of it now. There was a burger stand run by an old Asian man. We all knew him. This place had a Street Fighter machine. It was like, you go get cheap burgers, fries, whatever. It was the spot. Kitchen and Joy, I think that's what it was. The building's still there. They have not done anything with, with it. One day, one of the little homies robs Kitchen and Joy and then runs across the street to the porch where we all hang out. Let's just say this guy's name is Trevor. Both of their names are Trevor. Everyone in this story is a Trevor. Trevor is now a pronoun. Or is, that, is that a pro? I don't know. A proper noun. Trevor runs across the street. Let's call this guy Mr. Kim. I'm sorry. Might actually be his name, though. I think he was Korean because there's Teriyaki Suzuki, which is now Sky's Tacos. Commercial, if you're ever in L.A., once again, go to Sky's Tacos. Get the lemonade, get the pineapple cheesecake, and get a various seafood taco because I don't eat it, but I hear that's the best thing. They have lobster, they have shrimp, they have all kind of crazy tacos. And not traditional black people tacos, they're not fried, but they're well-seasoned and amazing. The burger is amazing. It comes on sourdough bread, turkey burger, veggie burger, beef burger, salmon burger. The sourdough and the sauce, the sourdough bread sauce and the way they melt the cheese, come on. Sky's Tacos. I'm pretty sure I think it was Korean, Mr. Kim. I'm going to say that. I could be wrong. But I don't think he was Japanese because him and Susie never really had any camaraderie. Or maybe they were just rivals, two Japanese people with burger places a block from each other in the hood. That's, come on, the bear season eight. Can we move to that? Two burger stands serving a black community in the 80s during the height of gangbanging. Oh, and Okie Dogs across the street. So there's lots of Asian eateries but not serving any Asian food, really, except for teriyaki sauce on the burgers. So he could be in Japanese, but who knows? He comes to the porch. He said, where's Trevor? He ran through the house. The nigga got about 40 bucks. Cause like, I like, what did he take? I'm going to tell his mother or I'm going to call the police. Hold on, hold on. This is community. This is what you do. I'm like, yo, how much? Here's $100, Mr. Kim. Go back. Fuck it. Let Trevor live. I gave him more than he took, and I said, I'm so sorry. Just erase it. Trevor went on to ridicule me, antagonize me. You ain't got to do that shit. Like, instead of, because we can't say thank you, and I love you, and you're not ugly, all these things. So he, he whatever. I'm at Snoop Dogg's 40, 40th birthday party years later, and he's fresh out of jail. He's there. And he comes to me, hey, cuz, I'll never forget. I tell niggas in the pen, this, this nigga Merce is the real deal. You say my, man, thank you for trying to tell me. I'm out now. I'm trying to do right, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. And that felt good. I didn't need that, but that felt good. 
He said, that meant so much to me. And he couldn't verbalize it then, I don't think. But that's what real big homies do as we talk about. You know, like I wasn't in the gang with them. And when people say, oh, you fake crip or blah, blah, blah. Like this is what I was doing for real crips that were active that their big homies weren't doing. And their big homies were doing other things that they may need to know for the penitentiary, for the streets, for whatever they were doing. But for me, being kind, always siding with them in front of the police, in front of any other, you know, other businesses in the community, um, resolving, being a peacemaker. I read that today in the Bible with Matthew. Like being a peacemaker from a sermon on the mount, like that is so important to me. Back to the song. So through the years, it's been an epicenter for a lot of dumb shit. And also when I tell the story, the 7-Eleven's right next door that we're that I'm talking about, Pico and High Point, is right next door to the McDonald's where I see motherfuckers shoot at another motherfucker off the bus. Through the years, it's been an epicenter for a lot of dumb shit. I seen there's a laundromat in there, some crazy shit has happened there. Let me tell you about this one trip to the store on the early morning tip somewhere around four. I was standing by the county magazines reading the Maxim. When I, oh, when I, that's what Mr. Kim is. I see, I have him on the camera. I have him on the camera. Maxim. When I heard a familiar voice go to the counter, dude, and asked him to empty out the register. Like Trevor in the, at the, at the burger shop spot put on a mask. Most likely had been in there earlier in the same outfit. This is not a crackhead. This is not, this is just, a normal kid who wants to get some money. Teenage black males in L.A., the biggest export of Los Angeles County is, I believe, the film. We're known for Hollywood. Yet, never once has any of the grip unions or Foley unions or lighting unions, none of them come to our schools on career day and say, hey, craft service, you can make $30 an hour putting out coffee for stars and directors. Hey, you could do this because this is what, this is our, that's our automobile. Imagine there would be no black people working at Ford in Detroit in the 50s and 60s. That's what it's like in the film industry here. 98% of the people behind the fucking camera are white. Our city doesn't even match that, those numbers. They don't let black and brown youth into these clubs. They're too busy. I meet people from Wisconsin who come here and get jobs on sets and get unionized before motherfuckers that live in my city. So yeah, this kid wants a quick $40. Who has the most money that's not in a gang? Who can he not get shot for robbing? This person. I was standing by the magazines reading the maximum when I heard a familiar voice go to the counter and asked him to empty out the register. It can't be Trevor. Excuse me, tiny T-bone from the neighborhood gang who if his head wasn't screwed on would lose his brain. He's with two other dudes, never knew their names. I thought, great. I don't make friends with who I'm not friends with. I try. I think I gravitate towards the good ones. Two other dudes never knew their names. I thought, great. It was time for me to shake. But as I headed for the door, I heard a voice say, wait. I turned around, he recognized me, I knew it. Turned around, that's when the nigga blew it. He lifted up the mask and said, hey, Mercy, it's me, Trevor. I said, you dumb motherfucker, do you use your brain? Ever? People like that song. Like, this is my first time writing, like, oh, I'm going to perform this, and this is a good, like, ever? Being funny, like writing a script, uh, being comical, and taking a real-life situation, inspiration, and turning it into a comical story that people can enjoy. 
without a hook. Without a hook, like, what, where is the point where someone can repeat and sing along in the song? Because I know I'm not going to have a hook to this. He said, you dumb motherfucker, do you use your brain ever? Never mind. Turn around, gave the deuce. Maxim dates this. Walk into the car feeling like Q and Juice. There's a scene in Juice where they rob it, and uh, he's talking to a dude from Blizzard from his neighborhood. He said, yeah, 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 okay, hold on, hold on. I'm about to rob this place. Like, real, real casual. That, that's who Tony Baker sounds like, fucking Blizzard. I'm about to DM this motherfucker. He sounds like Blizzard. If you know Tony Baker comedy, he's hilarious. Subscribe to his Patreon. He's a funny man. He was first known for doing his animal voices. but uh, And I met him through Ninth, funny enough. Hold on, man. I'm about to rob this place. All right, everybody. I'm like, oh, sh-. and then then Q comes out and goes, Blizzard is in there sticking up this place right now. And the two are like, yo, fuck that. We in there. And Raheem's like, nah. That motherfucker dumb motherfucker's going down. And I'm making sure for I'm making goddamn sure it's not one of us. Are you crazy? Come on, man. This Blizz. Of course I'm taking care of myself, man. Cool, man. It's nice to see you, man. Yeah, pardon me for a second. I'm about to rob this place. All right, everybody, put your hands in the air and face the fucking ball. Oh, shit. Don't look at me, goddammit. Hey, yo, Q, you want a piece of this? Nah, man, I might. Thank you. Yo. Blizzard is in there right now, sticking the place up. Word right now? Right he now. let you out? Nigga asked me if I wanted a piece of the action. And you said no? Oh yeah, I said no. Man. What is you crazy? Yo, uh, I don't think so. Let me tell you something right now. That crazy motherfucker. Anyway, walk into the car feeling like Q and Juice. Remember when he went in the bar and Blizzard let him loose? Anyway, here come this nigga running. Never mind, I turned around, gave the juice. Walk into the car, feeling like you and juice. Remember when he went in the bar and Blizzard let him loose? Anyway, here come this nigga running. Big bag of money, he hopped in my ride. I said, You goddamn dummy, they got your ass on tape. But they didn't see my face. Well, they got my car, my fucking license plate. Man, get the fuck on. Merce, why you gotta hate? Hate nor love got shit to do with this. You better run for the fives, come through this bitch. You know you got two strikes. Better use the new knife to dodge all them blue lights. He looked and said, you right. Then he bolted up the street. Once he left my sight, I gave a sigh of relief, but that was right before I peeped. This dumb motherfucker left a bag full of money sitting right there on my passenger seat. So the inspiration came from before we had cars, but I guess in this thing I'm telling recently, we do have cars. Sorry, y'all. And for some reason, we would still drive this. Like, I could get pulled over. I could get, they could, police could tie me up, jack me, fuck me, or rob me. Like Mike F says, like random shit going on. But it's important for me to go to 7-Eleven. And we get later, we get into like, I got shot on my block. Like, motherfuckers know where we all hang out. And certain people from the neighborhood gang do hang out where I hang out. And my white Cadillac would be prominent in front of the house. So my car is marked. Yet and still, I need to go to 7-Eleven to get poison, sugar. Not even a lick or beer run that's respectable by the man code. I'm going to get cinnamon rolls and a dairy beverage. What the fuck? Casually looking at the maximum. Because that's another thing, too, is like it does jump off epicenter for a lot of dumb shit. You can be in the store and see... All of a sudden, I see some niggas that I don't like. Suddenly, I see some niggas that I don't like. And, buddy, that happens all the time. And next thing you know, you're fighting, knocking over dog food and fucking magazines. All this dumb shit can happen. But I still need to go here. 
Here come this nigga running, big bag of money. He hopped in a ride, said, I got you goddamn dummy, got your ass on tape. He hopped in my ride, I said, you goddamn dummy, they got your ass on tape. But they didn't see my face. Well, they got my car and my fucking license plate. Something that Trevor said to me when he robbed the kitchen and joy, they didn't see my face. But I'm telling him, now they got my car and my fucking license plate. Man, get the fuck on, Merce, why you gotta hate? This is like, for, this is me trying to explain to the younger Trevor why maybe it's not a good idea to rob the burger joint. He didn't get it. Why you gotta hate? Hate nor love got shit to do with this. You better run for the files come through this bitch. You know you got two strikes, better use the new Nikes to dodge all the blue lights. He looked and said, you right. As he bolted outside, I gave a sigh of relief. I always fuck up this line. I was right before a peep, dumb motherfucker left a bag full of mice in right there on my passenger seat. All that shit is just comical, funny shit, and how dumb some of these motherfuckers, like I, like I said, this dude for, like, I, I can, I can, I can see how it's dumb and then I can understand why, you know, the desperation. But there are smarter things to do. And there are smarter ways to do it. But no, no one ever picked up their mask and said, hey, Merce, it's me, Trevor. But the older dude I was talking about that I can't stand, He's about, he was about dumb enough to do some shit like that. Just a dopey, goofy motherfucker. And it's like, cool to be dopey and goofy if you're kind. But a dopey, goofy motherfucker trying to be tough, and you're fucking for real a fucking coward, fuck you. Trevor and them, the Trevor Anthem, I don't know if everybody got that. Like, for real, like, and them is something, definitely a very um, black saying. All such and such and them, who all over there? Big, big question in the black community. Who all over there? Oh, Trevor and them. And you know in them because you don't know them motherfuckers, but they're always with Trevor. Ran up in your spot with robbing them. Grew up too far with pieing them. But do my dirt 21st with Kyle and them. Nigga pop, nigga buzz, little mark in them. Brother news, nigga scoop, Molly Park in them. Nigga jump, pull a punk, low spark in them. That's Trevor and them. Love you. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in LA podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.